Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one more time. Amen. It is so good to see each of you here. Wow. Y'all came out on July 3rd. July 4th weekend, they are here and ready. Well, you know, it's kind of rainy, so it's kind of hard to do the outside stuff right now. But, you know. I want to believe they just love Jesus. I still believe, yes, that you all would be here, even if it was beautiful outside, right? Yeah. We're so excited to be here with you. Does this kind of feel a little bit like it's like, you know, grandma's house around the couch and, you know, you're having one of those family days? Um, We kind of wanted to let you guys... um, have that experience a little bit today because it's so it's so unique what we're going to do today. Um, we decided when we were going to have this service specifically, you know, what do you say on, you know, July 3rd? What do you, you know, kind of, we don't know exactly how the crowd's going to be. We don't know exactly where everybody's going to be. And we, we right. know it's like the halfway point of the year. You know, we're going into the second half of the year. It's hard to believe that we were just, you know, it feels like we were just fasting, you know, a couple weeks right. ago. And here we are in July. And so we're, we're entering the second half of the year. And so what we wanted to do today is to, to take a little look back yeah. um, on the first half of our year. We um, are very intentional about the uh, sermon series that we do. Um, we uh, typically in November or December, we sit down um, and decide what content we want to share with you guys for the following year. And we break that down into different series. There's obviously a few weeks out of the year that are not involved with the series. They're kind of standalone messages or we'll have guest speakers brought in and stuff like that. And some parts of the year, the seasons of the year are kind of built in for us because of Easter, Christmas, those sort of things. But the rest of the year, we're, um, we're very intentional about the content that we're going to share. The Bible is full of information. Yes. It, it, there, there's everything you would ever need in it. And so we can't go wrong with anything that we would pick, but we really do try to get our, our, our pulse on what is needed based right. upon the culture or the season. And um, so we pick sermon series, and we sometimes, occasionally, one will get moved from, say, let's say Feb- February to June or something like that because PC will kind of feel like he needs to go in a certain direction. But most of our content is decided the previous end of the year so that we know what we're going into yeah. and we can kind of prep for that. And so the series that we've done so far this year, Greater, Love Handles, Breaking the Silence, Crowned, and Prison Break that we just finished, were intentionally planned out. And um, not always are our series like chronological as far as building, but a lot of times they fall that way to kind of build on on discipleship and different things like that. Absolutely. Is there anything that you'd like to say in regards to kind of our, our decision in, in, in doing this today? Yeah, um, we thought, you know, that it would be cool to take a look back because we've covered a lot of content in the five series that we've done. And obviously, you guys are used to me standing up here and preaching week after week after week. Uh, so we wanted, to, wanted it to feel a little bit different. And um, Pastor Karen has a preaching gift that I have to encourage sometimes. Uh, and so I love having her up here with me to talk about some of this. And the, the reason we want to do it, it's a scriptural thing that we're doing today because James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, do not merely listen to the, to the word and so deceive yourselves. 
do what it says. And so this whole day is what we're trying to do is to make sure that we have actually applied what God has shown us in 2022. Right. How often do we hear a sermon or a message and think, man, that is my word, that is, that's for me, and we're, we're shouting about it, and we're telling people about it, and then like six months later, we can't even remember the word that we heard. And, and how many know it's not enough to be hearers of the word, we have to become doers of the word. Um, And so that's what we're going to do today is we take a look back. Uh, We don't want to be hearers only. We want to be doers. And so we're going to pick some highlights from the the five series that we've done. We're going to talk about them uh, from a spiritual context, but also on a practical level, maybe give some tips on how we can apply those those messages absolutely and talk about some of the you know our our favorite parts of it or that we've seen kind of be um informative or helpful as we've walked out because sometimes we'll listen to a series and we'll be like yeah that one's really not for me right now and then we'll be three or four months down the road and suddenly we're living in whatever that word was about and so God is trying to prepare us you know ahead ahead of of time um My word for this year, I try to have like a word, not necessarily just a scripture. Sometimes it's a scripture, but this year it was a word that God gave me. And my word for this year is order. Um, And so I've been very intentional, you know, order is like everything from the junk door to, you know, how you walk out your day. Um, The order in which you do something uh, matters. We're freshest usually in the morning. And so the tasks that get our our greatest attention should be done, you know, early on, uh, at least for me. And so, uh, you know, order has been something that I've I've consistently been working on for the last six months. Feel like I'm getting better. Some of the closets and stuff are getting, you know, a little bit more in order, but it's not just about organization, but it's about, you know, the order in which we do all things. Um, And and being able to be clear. I'm one of those people when there's clutter around, um, I can't focus. Um, You know, I I just, I I need order in my life. And so it it, it helps me a lot. Um, Obviously, when we started out this year, we uh, we started out with the series Greater. Right. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the first series of the year was Greater. We had t-shirts made. It's kind of our year of Greater. Um, And at the beginning of the year, when you start putting in the atmosphere, how many know words are powerful? And what you put out in the atmosphere is, is very important. And we started talking about it being a year of greater. Um, and I think sometimes you don't even know exactly what a word may mean. Uh, when I first uh, began to preach about greater and it, it's our year of greater, I really didn't know some of the things we would walk through in the, in the following months, um, even leading up to the healing training and some of the things that we saw. Because uh, I believe the greater um, was very much spiritual and then it affects the natural. How many know spiritual things have to come first and then the natural things are impacted by the spiritual? And so we did the series greater and in that series we talked about how we often get focused on what Jesus said, which is very important. We need to know what he said. But in that series, we specifically looked at not only what Jesus said, but we looked at how Jesus lived. And the scripture that we had from that series was John 14 and 6. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What, what was your big takeaway from the greater series? Well, in order to do greater things, we have to have a greater sensitivity to what matters to us. And so that tied back into my word, like the order, you know, for the year. What is important? 
you know, what is a, a, an area that we're, that we're, if we want to be greater in, in something, we have to really look at, you know, uh, what, is, what matters to us. So if we say that our family is the most important thing to us, right. then we have to build in time for that. You know, you don't just automatically, you know, have that in your day. If, if not, you come into it with a frustration. Um, you know, you don't really want to play the Jenga game right then, but, you know, you're forced to, you know, and it's like you don't have the same attention to it when, as you would if you had kind of, like, planned it out. Obviously, if I'm having a meeting with somebody at the church and it's on my schedule and it's ordered and, you know, I'm ready for it and I'm kind of prepared for it, you know, I come in with a different mindset than if something is just thrown at me. And so sometimes, you know, even with our families, we have to be very intentional about the time that we set for them so that we don't give them our worst that we don't come to our wife with, you know, after we're, you know, exhausted and all, you know, the different things, and we fished and we've done all the other things we want to do, and it's like, okay, now here's your 30 minutes, you know, aren't you glad I showed up, you know? No, no, <laughs> that's a good way to, like, you know, go to, you know, rehab or, uh, you know, fam- maybe rehab, I don't maybe know, rehab. you may end up there, family rehab or something, I don't know, um, but it's it, it, the order in which we do things, you know, we have to have a sensitivity to what is the greatest things on our list, the greatest yeah. things that we want to be um, sensitive to, if you want to have a financial um, change in our life, we want to be greater in our finances, you know, you don't get there overnight, you have, right. to, you have to order that out, so I think that's some of the things that kind of just jump out at me, um, the way you structure your day while you're working on your MBA is different than the way that you received, uh, than after you received your MBA. And that was one of the examples I, I gave Chad. You know, when you're going through your MBA and you're working on something like that, the other people in your family kind of have to adjust. Right. You know, like you have homework you have to work on after school or, or after work or whatever it might be. You may have late at nights and stuff like that. Like you, uh, they may have to get them on the school bus. They may have to do the different things for you. But after you get that, they still shouldn't be doing all those things for you. You know, at that point, you're taking advantage of right. the situation. You know, so we have to, to look at the structure in which uh, the season of life that we're in as well. So I think sometimes yeah. those are some of the things that jumped out to me about greater. Um, what did you have? Um, out of that series, um, one of the lines I had was, the greatest enemy to the life you want may be the life you're living. And I think a lot of times that's, that's, we want a life, but the enemy to that life is the one that we're currently living in, uh, it's decisions we're making. And, and one of the things that stuck out to me in the entire series is that Jesus had all this responsibility. He had three and a half years of public ministry. Uh, he embraced the Father's mission. He endured the hatred of the Pharisees. He recruited 12 disciples. He trained them. He released them. He done all of these things in just a three and a half year period. But the one thing that you see in Jesus's life is that he was never in a rush. Nowhere in scripture do you see Jesus running, skipping, jogging. He was never in a hurry on the inside. He accomplished so much in, in so little time Yet he was never in a hurry. And, and, and the whole key to the series was living the way Jesus lived. And I think sometimes in our culture, the reason we can't live the way Jesus did is because we're always in a rush. We are too busy. I, I, I think sometimes we miss miracles and opportunities to see God's kingdom because we are so busy moving from one thing to the next that we miss God in the ordinary. 
Absolutely, and I think as moms, you know, we're, I can definitely relate to the fact of, you know, you hustle and bustle for, you know, whatever holiday it might be or the birthday party or Christmas or whatever, and so you're so caught up in it that you're, you know, up to the last minute, you know, you're, you're moving the elf or you're right. wrapping the present or you're putting one last thing out for the cookies or whatever, and then sometimes it's hard to even enjoy the moment that you're taking, I mean, you've spent all this money, all this time, you know, you've yeah. ordered stuff, you've done all, but you sometimes don't even get to enjoy it because we're just so rushed. Right. And so I think, you know, having that order is so important and realizing what is the greater good for me, for us right now, for our business right now, for our ministry right now, for, you know, this class right now, whatever it right. might be, understanding that is so important so that you don't miss out when you actually are living the life that you prayed about, you know, you prayed for those kids, you know, you prayed for yeah. this moment, you prayed for that house, and now you got to clean it, you know, and <laughs> it's like, ugh, you know, you got, and so you can miss out on it, the enemy will steal joy yeah. out of every moment of your life that he can, he'll make things seem depressing or sad or, you know, clustered, whatever it might be, just to take the joy, he loves to take the joy out of a moment. And sometimes it's really important to just pause, yeah. realize what is the greatest part of this, what is the greater good in this season, and then and working towards that so that you don't miss out on the moment. As you said, yeah. you know, sometimes the greatest enemy is you know what what we're doing right, right. now. Yeah. We're actually defeating our own um, strategy. Absolutely, yeah. so good. Um, that was the first series of the year. How many of y'all enjoyed that series? Greater. Listen, if you're new to Bethesda Church, you can go back to the website to. Uh, you can um, download the, the podcast through iTunes. There's a lot of ways you can go back and catch up on some of these series. Um, why don't you set us up for the second Absolutely. series of, that we did? Yeah, our second series was in February, and obviously we typically do a relationship series during that, and that can look so different, you know, because a lot of times people think it's going to be just marriage, but, you know, we have a lot of relationships in our lives, yeah. and typically there's a lot of drama with relationships. If anybody hasn't had any shift in drama in your relationships in the last two years, I don't know what rock you're living under, but I'd like to move in with you, you know, uh, because, you know, relationships are harder than ever, I think, yeah. if, uh, if we're being honest. Um, but the second series of the years was entitled Love Handles. Uh, in this series, our goal was to help people get a handle on their relationships, all relationships, marriage, parenting, friendships, mentors, etc. And our key scripture was out of James uh, chapter 1, 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I would say in that series that Number one, can we all just agree that relationships take a lot of work? Okay, the rest of you, I'm praying. Relationships take a lot of work. It takes a lot of intentionality um, to develop relationships and to do it God's way. Um, and one of the things that I took out of the series, I think we were in it three or four weeks, um, was this one line where, where we talked about we need to lower our expectations of people but we need to raise our level of gratitude for God's grace. Right. I think the reason uh, we, we struggle in relationships is because we have such high expectations of people, and at the end of the day, we are all human, which means that we make mistakes, we mess up, we miss the mark, 
But how many of you know that God never misses the mark? He, he is good all the time, all the time God is good. But how many of you know we're not always good? Yeah. And so relationships take time. They take energy. They take some intentionality. Um, and the question I have for you guys today is what would happen in your relationships if we stopped looking at who is right and who is wrong and we started operating in humility instead of pride? Like, well, how would that impact your marriage? How would that impact your relationship with your children, with your coworkers? Um, because at the end of the day, a lot of people will say, well, pastor, I'm right and they're wrong. I get that all the time. Y'all would be surprised at how many times I have to hear, I'm right and they're wrong. The truth is, is that Jesus is right and you are wrong. And Jesus never judged you, but he loved you. Absolutely. So much Amen. truth in that. You know, we often want, you know, the grace that God gives us in our, um, in our failures and our weaknesses. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard. You know, some people are difficult. Whew. They're yeah. difficult. And so, you know, we have to remind ourselves that what if he thought that about me? You know, what if right. Jesus was sitting up there right now thinking, ooh, Karen is so difficult. I don't know why I created her. Why? I was having an off day. No, I'm just joking. I know he doesn't have off days, but I'm not sure that he doesn't sometimes think that about me because he probably wants me to operate with a greater level of, um, I don't know, all things. Uh, love, joy, peace, you know, self-control, all those things, especially when I'm driving, you know? Yeah. Especially when I'm driving because so many people are bad at it, you know? And when you're an exceptional driver... It's really hard to be behind people who, who, who just cannot drive well, you know? I know. So that's some of those moments when Jesus is up there, you know, rethinking his creation, you know, of me. And, and so, uh, but if, we, if we're honest like that, if we think about how God would be up there, you know, maybe saying to us like, man, you know, she just can't get this right. You know, every single time or, or whatever it might be. Some of the things that we think about our coworkers, our boss, our spouse, you know, um, our kids, yeah. you know, if we're honest about it, we have to realize that the same way that we approach it, and it does, it goes back to that humility that you were talking about, about having an honest reflection of ourselves and, and knowing that, you know, we all need the grace that God has given us in our lives from other people. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was reminded as we were preparing for this, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, he said, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and have the faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all, I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I have nothing. And, and as I read through that this morning, I thought about this truth. It's impossible to actually mature in the things of God and become a mature believer without loving people who are hard to love. Right, right. You cannot become mature if you have not learned how to love people who are really hard. Can, y all, can we all be honest today? Some people are hard to love. It, it, it's tough. It is. But it's part of our maturity process. It is. And sometimes I think it's hard to see those that even love us um, because love looks different depending upon what your life has looked like. Um, yeah. 
what your experiences up to this date have been. So for some people, their idea of love is really, really distorted. And so when they get real love, you know, like accountability, it can feel like hate speech to them. Um, And so I think it's important for us to realize that sometimes the way that we are receiving information or feedback from another person, we need to be very mindful that that can be love. It may just not be the way that we've been typical to receive it. Obviously, the way that I speak to my children is very different. Uh, than, than some of the behaviors that I had modeled before me. And that's not me throwing um, my parents under the, uh, under the bus or anything like that. But my dad was, um, he, he, it was difficult. You know, if he was frustrated, we knew it. Right. You know, um, there was uh, no, if you've ever been in like traffic at Myrtle Beach, Um, with someone who has been on the golf course all day and probably drank a little bit more than they should have. The cigarettes come out, they start smoking. Sometimes he, you know, hit the window with his hand, you know, and in his mind, that was normal. You know, that was a regular behavior. Um, And so that, as a child, that's something that I saw happen. And if I didn't realize and, you know, really have the understanding and God show me, I would think that that was okay to do when I'm, you know, going, maybe that's where some of my road rage comes from. I don't know. Um, But, you know, my kids don't experience that same thing. You know, when we're going to the beach, when we're going to a, to a, to a restaurant or something and the traffic's bad, they never have to worry that I'm going to go into a cussing fit and hit the window. And, you know, that's a different experience. So sometimes the way that you've been raised, the experiences that you've had, the way that communication takes place looks different for different right. people. Some people are more blunt. Um, and so that doesn't mean that they're mad. They're just direct. Right. You know, they're just getting to the point. And some people are all lovey-dovey, and you feel like, why are they talking to me like I'm a baby? You know, right. why are they talking down to me? You know, and so we sometimes, you know, the relationships, the way that we, you know, translate the information that's coming in, we need to realize that sometimes our experiences have set us up to view that conversation means this in their minds when really they just want you to start putting the coffee pods in a different place. Like, they don't hate you. They're not trying to get you fired. They're not trying, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, it's something like that that can happen in a work environment, and suddenly you, know, you have an enemy for the next 17 years that y'all are working on, you know, four south together or whatever it might be because they told me where to put the coffee pods one time. You know, like, it's crazy. The things that we get mad at, the way that we take information in sometimes, and then we hold on to it, and we, we, we don't have a real handle on love. So I don't know right. if that makes sense, but that's one of the things that I think is important to know, that the way that we receive the information is on us. So we can decide, I'm going to take that offensively, or I'm going to take that as, a, as, as information from heaven, and if it makes sense and it work, and it's something that's going to make me better, then I'm going to move forward with it. If right. it doesn't, it doesn't line up with Scripture or whatever it might be, then I'm just going to toss it to the side, and I'm not going to, you know, let this destroy my marriage, you know, right. let this destroy, you know, my relationship with my, my friend or whoever it might be, my boss, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I think that's important to, to remember because um, we, we sometimes need to get a handle on our conversations and know that they're not all, like, doom and gloom. Before we transition to the next series, tell them uh, that story you told me about the Facebook. I think it applies to the Love Handles series. Oh, yes. I forgot about that one. I, um, I, I laughed one day, and I can't even remember who had made, like, a post or whatever. And I remember reading these comments, and I think it had something to do with politics or something, and they were on opposite ends of of the, you know, political spectrum in regards to their candidates or whatever. And he made, like, a comment, and it was just kind of like, ouch. 
you know. It was rude, you know, even if, like, like, who talks to their friends that way? You know, I remember thinking that. And then for some reason, the next day, you know how sometimes the content will come back up into your feed again, it came back up, and I guess it was because there was a, you know, a, a, a new comment or something on it, and, and so he, he apologized, and the thing, he said, sorry, that was a drunk comment. But you know what really hit me is the acknowledgement, and obviously this is somebody who you know, is probably living in sin. They're not necessarily a believer or anything like that, and, and that's okay. What I loved about it is that they had the wherewithal to apologize to their friend for saying something that was really offensive and rude. And how many of us as Christians... They never apologize. They'll put yeah. that comment out there, and they'll stand by it for 24 years. By, they, they, you know, that's that's my feeling. That's my like the humility of just saying, "Oh, my bad." Like I was drunk. I shouldn't have said that. I would have never said that if I wasn't drunk. You know, I I wish sometimes some of the people that are commenting and I'm reading this stuff were drunk. I wish they were high. <laughs> like I wish that wasn't their cognitive thinking abilities. That that's their regular pace. Like right. I wish they were inebriated. Like they d just had something in their system that that was a, a, a something we could blame for the content that they're typing. Because as a believer, it's so appalling to think that you would speak to someone that way or handle that conversation that way. Because if we're friends, that's not the way. We, we handle a disagreement. You know, it says in the thing to go, you know, go, go, go and talk to them privately. If they won't hear, take somebody else with you. But you know what we don't do as a society anymore? We don't talk to each other. We might type at each other or, you know, do right. something like Come that. On. But we don't actually talk. And so I love that this person who is obviously not living, you know, a, you know, a biblical life or anything like that, that, that I know of. I don't really know these people. I, I, they, it was just some random person that was on my feed. But I had such like respect that they could take the time and just say yeah. sorry my bad that was stupid I shouldn't have said that I wouldn't have said that if I was thinking clearly because right. clearly you're my friend and that was rude yeah you know and so I love that story um we're called to a higher standard as followers of Jesus we should be modeling the way yeah. and that that means the bulk of the time if not all the time we we are called to take the high road right Everybody's like, yep. <laughs> no one Don't knows really what to do to, because the preacher's up here talking about, you know, people who are making drunk comments, and yeah. they're like, they're like, this is not in John chapter 1, Karen. Yes. I can't find this reference. I'm, I'm going to set us up for the third series. Well, let's say this last one because I wrote it down. I want to make sure that we do it. When we do not manage our emotions well, we take our frustrations out on the wrong people. So if you have a fight at work, you know who doesn't get it? Whoever you're mad at usually. Usually it's you come home and you take that out on your spouse, your kids, you're short with them. So it's yeah. learning to manage our emotions well is so important in regards to that. So I want to make sure that I you know, put that, just getting the handle on, on our emotions. It's good. The third series we did was called Breaking the Silence. Um, this was one of my favorite series of the year because it was a series on worship. Um, and we wanted to take time this year to teach. We have so many people that are new to Christ. Um, new to this kind of church um, where people are standing and lifting their hands and singing and, and shouting their praises out to God that we, we were like, let's walk them through a series on worship. Uh, and we did this parallel out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1. We talked about the difference between King Saul and King David. And the scripture says the war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. 
David grew stronger and stronger because we know David built a house of worship while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. What stuck out to you in that series? This was a tough series for me, um, only because of the timing of how it fell. And um, I want to be so sensitive to this moment because there's people in the room that I know that it'll, it might move them as well. But, you know, we had just lost Laura, uh, Pastor Laura. Um, and so it was, you know, worship is different when you're going through the hard yeah. things. How many of you know there's times when you come in and you don't necessarily feel like worshiping you know you don't you don't necessarily like you feel sometimes defeated and like to just raise your hand it's like you know you've just built you know a, a, a multi you know uh, tower and multi-level tower or something because it's just so hard to kind of like it's not that you don't love God it's not that you don't worship it's just that trying to find that that ability to push beyond what your feelings are saying and give him the glory, right. give him the honor that he's due. And so, you know, a lot of the series that we've done this year have been framed based upon this, the season that we were in, in that process from January all the way through through now. Um, if I'm being honest, it, you know, all of them, when I look back at any of these series, that's part of it because, you know, when we were going through each of those things and believing and praying and doing different things, they, they impacted Right. Me based upon the, that experience, and so yeah, I remember just from that series being so uh, moved by Pastor Josh and his ability to be able to worship in in, in in such difficult circumstances, and and watching the whole family and you know rally and be able right. to do that. But that's probably what stands out the most to me. And again, I I don't know that that's you know what what you you know what, what most people would take away from that series because we had really prepared for it for a, a long time because. If we're being honest, um, after COVID, the church got quiet. It did. And some of that is because, you know, there were different uh, barriers, the distance and stuff like that, that we had to be in. Yeah. And some of it was because there were new people that had found us online. But yet, you know, when you're watching on the couch, it's totally different than coming into this room. And so I remember us being so intentional about thinking, you know, like, it is so hard sometimes for the worship team to come up here and, like, do a pep rally, it's like, whoa, 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 we've never had to do this in right. our whole life, you know, right. we've never had to, like, motivate people, and so I know it was a spiritual attack to some degree uh, on on finding our voice again, yeah. finding that, and I'll, um, I'll let you kind of speak, and then I'll come back to that, but that's, okay. that, those are the things that jumped out to me. Yeah, I, I think the, the environments had become very sterile during COVID. Um, it felt in church like we were coming to the hospital. You know, it's like everybody's spread out. We all got a mask on. There's sanit you know, hand sanitizer everywhere. And, and, you know, it's, I don't know, there was all these natural limitations which produced spiritual limitations. Um, and that's what happened. And I was like, I'm so sick of quiet, defeated church. Like, we are the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There, there should be some shouts of praise. There ought to be hands lifted. And so we, we, we took on that series understanding that the enemy used COVID to try to steal our worship because worship is a weapon and a lot of battles are often won or lost on the battleground of our worship. Absolutely. You know, you got to be able to worship God in the tough seasons, in the good seasons, in the when when you feel defeated, when you feel victorious. It's important that we always have a posture 
of, of worship, and one of the parallels that, that we drew in that series was that the house of Saul, it became a house of performance, but the house of David became a house of presence. So Saul was all about the optics. He was all about performance. He, he was all about looking like he had the presence of God. While David, on the other hand, wasn't concerned about whether we look like we have the presence of God or the optics of having the presence of God, David actually wanted God's presence. Yes. And, and so that led me to, to this point where I'm tired of performance I'm tired of trying to, to get people pumped up for Jesus. If you can't get excited over Jesus who took you out of darkness and sin and addiction and set you free and called you and gave you purpose and brought you into his kingdom, if you can't get excited and worship over that, I don't know what else. Don't come. Don't come. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's a waste of time. Like, if, if this word, if his word doesn't move you, if being in his presence doesn't move you, then it, honestly, I can't even imagine, like, I, I guess there's worse places you could be right. than the house of God, you know, I, I, but I, that's probably not in any book for me to tell people to stay home. But if you're, if you're not going to give him the glory due, then you're kind of wasting your time, yeah. you know? This is his house. It's his house. Don't be disrespectful you, to him, you know? You're on holy ground right now. Absolutely. You are on holy ground right now. When we come, this is not something we just go through these motions. The moment you pulled onto this parking lot, this is the house of God, which means it is the gate of heaven. It's the way heaven comes into the earth. When you drive on this campus, you are on holy, sacred ground. We've designated this time to, to worship God. And, and at the end of the day, you have to understand, when we worship, how many know God, God loves the atmosphere of worship? Amen. And when, when praises go up, when, when we have uh, set an atmosphere of worship, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. That literally means that when you and I praise him corporately, collectively, together, that God sits his throne in the middle of our worship. And when God put, places his throne in the middle of our worship, you know what happens? Lost people get saved. Sick people get healed. Bound people get delivered. Gifts do not destroy the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. Amen. Amen. I don't know. I, I wasn't supposed to preach like that, but. No, I think it's so important. And, you know, we are a church that really celebrates creativity, yes. having fun. We believe that people that are in the kingdom of God should be the most creative, most excited, joyful people ever. But I will let you know, I'm not an event planner. I'm not planning events. I am creating an atmosphere for people that are lost, people that are hurting, people that are broken, people that are sick, to come and receive from Jesus. And I think it's real easy for, and I don't want to remove any of the things. I love having a good time. You know what I mean? Right. If we want to shoot T-shirts out of an air cannon at you, I think, praise God, we're going to do it. You know, I, I'm not opposed to that because I know what, what happens with that because I love seeing you all wear one of our shirts out in the streets and be able to witness with it or whatever it might be that it brings up conversation. And, right. and I love creativity. I love lights and act, all those different things that we can do. But we can't get so focused on any of that that we forget the, 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 the main reason we can do those things. None of that creativity came out of our own being. Right. It came from heaven. Yeah. 
It came. So we're celebrating Jesus even when we do those things. But I think that's one of the things. Sometimes we can be like, okay, entertain me. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not the cinema. Like, we're not, you know, like 3D, IMAX, whatever. That's not what this is. You know, like we're not going to hologram Jesus onto the stage, you know. I don't know. Maybe next year for Easter we will. I don't know, you know. But that's not what I'll we're here for. I know. Yeah, see yeah. if he's open I'll for you know available. being you know whatever. I know, I don't know. I think I saw that once yeah. you know at a Super Bowl that's or something. Awesome. But we want to make sure that we're not coming in with the mindset of God entertain me. I want to come in with the mindset that I'm going to use my voice, my arms, my lungs to entertain Him, yeah. to let Him know how great I think He is, to let Him know how much I I am thankful for what He's done in my life, and what. So that's yeah. that's what I think we have to remember about it. We have to just make that little shift. And so many times, it's easy to get just a little bit off, yeah. and then when you do, you're going the the completely. Right. You're going to end up in the wrong destination. So feel free next Sunday when you come in, come in with a praise on your lips, with your hands lifted, Amen. your voice raised. Yeah. You're not going to scare anybody. Hey, I've been in, in Pentecostal church my whole, I've seen it all. If I, I, I don't have time for it, but no. maybe one day I'll take you through some of the things I have seen. So you are not going to scare anybody. Lift up your praise. Let, let God know that he's amazing, that he's awesome. Um, worship's powerful. Yeah, there's so much power in our voice. I spoke a little bit about it in a 180 a couple weeks ago. What we declare, what we say out of our mouth, he's given us so much authority that we are setting atmospheres. And yeah. so when we say, I'm so exhausted, I'm so tired, I'm bored, I'm never going to get out of this situation, I'm going to be in this job forever, you know, this marriage is always going to stay. Whatever we're saying we are, we're building a foundation, the walls, we're hanging yeah. drywall, we're putting in doors. That prison that you created, that you're living in, it came out of your mouth most, of the, most often. So remember, there is power so in your voice. So you can switch that. You can say, I am blessed. You know, this marriage is turning around. My kids are going to go further than I ever did. My finances yeah. are going to change the world. You know, I'm going to do great things. You can change how you say this. This job is a blessing to me. I may only be here for a short season until I finish my degree, but while I'm here, it is a blessing to me, and I'm going to be a blessing to them. And you Just change the way that you use your voice because right. that's why he wanted to stifle you. That's why he wanted to yeah. shut down your voices because he knows how much power is in it. Part of that is praise, worship, you know, giving God glory. He doesn't want to hear that. He wants us to be silent. But the other part is we are framing our world with our words. Yes. So good. All right. What's, um, what's the next one? The next series we did was crowned. Um, and the description of that is um, we wanted to help people see that Jesus is victorious that he has been seated at the right hand of the Father, but what we miss oftentimes is that we are seated with him in heavenly places. Now, some of you are like, yeah, I get it. When we get to heaven, we're seated with him. No, as a follower of Jesus, you are now seated. You, you have to understand, when Jesus died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he got up on the third day, you got up. And so, as a follower of Christ, I am now seated in heavenly places, not with Christ, but in Christ. And, and the whole thing with crown is, is that the enemy is already under your feet. Yes. yes. 
That, that was kind of the premise of the series. Yeah. We, we, we talked a lot in that series about our level of authority. Our level of authority is connected to our understanding that we are royalty. There's a reason why Jesus said, I'm king of kings and lord of lords. He, he was saying, I am king of kings. You all. Lord of lords. Right. He was placing you in a position of authority. And it goes back to what you said about worship. Because you are seated in a position of authority, you have been crowned with glory and honor that what you speak, what you say, what you put into the atmosphere, all of heaven begins to back that up. All of heaven begins to respond to words that we say. It's not because we're awesome. It's because he's awesome and we've been made awesome because of his awesomeness. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, so good. I, I, I won't ever really fully understand, and I guess it's just, you know, it, it, it's sometimes in, in, in how much word you're willing to take in, um, how much you're really let, letting yourself, you know, lean in to allowing the Holy Spirit to let you view things from his perspective. But when Jesus is just your Savior and right. you stop, you know, that's kind of like, I'm trying to think of it, just you're missing out on so much. Right. Because if he is just Savior, then, you know, you got your get-out-of-hell-free card or whatever. You know, like, you, you, you got the blood has washed you. But then you're still going to live in so much frustration. Right. Because you are lacking the wisdom that he is king. And so, therefore, you're, you know, he's a king of kings, and so you have authority. And so it, you're stunting your own personal growth. You're stunting where, you, where your relationship can even go. And, and he is so much more than just a savior. He is king. He rules. He, he created, but he put us in authority here on earth. You know, he, it says he gave us dominion over all the things. If you go in and you really read the word, that's why I said the word is so important. Yeah. The, this world currently, they don't read their Bible. It's true. And so what they are fed on TikTok, what they are fed through social media and Snapchat and their friends, and I mean, I've watched so much stuff, even in the last two weeks, shared that's just an absolute lie, just a lie about the medical field. Like it's, a, it's just like, but it's shared so often that people, bright people, believe it and reshare it and think it's gospel, and I'm just thinking, this is not even truth. Sometimes we have to study out the reality of things, to really know it. And if we study the Word of God, there's so much information on who we are in Christ, what we're capable of doing here on the earth. And you're not defeated. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to be yeah. broken. That's right. You don't have to fall into line with everything that happened in your family lineage beforehand, you know, whatever, like the curse might be, or, you know, we all do this, or we all struggle with that. You don't have Jesus to. Jesus broke the curse. You don't have to. But move past just being saved into being a ruler, like be a king, be, be what he's called you to be, because you don't have to live down here. If you live down here just saved, a lot of times people will just be defeated by the enemy every single day. He will beat you down. And yeah, you'll make it to heaven, but it won't be enjoyable down here at all. And he said us for us to bring heaven into this into earth. The it's earth. the only way people will really ever know what's capable, what's possible, is if we read the word, we understand the word, and we go tell people. When we start disputing the garbage that's out there about what who they are, what they can be, what they like, you are this because the word of God says it. But, but if we don't ever defeat it with our own voice, where we don't ever use the authority that he's given us, right. then all they're fed is the lies. Yeah. Use your voice. It's very important. Uh, you know, 
Jesus did say, I mean, you have to understand, and I love what PK said about you can be saved and miserable because you're not operating by kingdom principles. So, yeah, you may be ready for heaven, but you're miserable until you get there. And the reason is because you're not operating in the keys Jesus gave you. Right. He gave you keys to the kingdom, and every key unlocks a door. There are financial keys that will bless your life. There, there are keys of words we speak that will produce harvest in our life. There are all these keys, but a lot of times we don't use any of the keys Jesus gave us, and so we never unlock all those kingdom realities that Jesus wants us to live in. But you have been crowned. You don't need to live defeated and, and aggravated all the days of your life. You are blessed. You are the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. Listen, you are, you are whole. You don't have to stay sick, bound, addicted, any of those things. Jesus came to set us free. Yeah. It belongs to you. Right, right. Yeah. It's so important. And I think our graphic for that series, you know, we had like the crown of thorns and then it turned into like, you know, like a royal crown. I think that's so important for us to realize that there is another side. Right. He didn't stay on the cross. Amen. You know, he's not bleeding right now. He's not defeated. He got back up. And yeah. then, you know, they put the crown on him, and it was a different kind of crown, and we have to realize in our mind to shift it. Yeah. We, we, sometimes well, people will put those things in their house where he's on the cross, and yeah, it's important to remember what he did for us. It's how we have our very salvation. And, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating salvation. Being saved is amazing, but there's more to the story. Don't stop at that part where he's on the cross and, you know, he died for me. He got up for you. He got up. He got up for you. Yeah. So that you can live in freedom. You don't have to have depression every day. You don't have to have these things that you struggle with because you know, the enemy wants, even if you're, he still wants to make your time miserable. And right. so it's so important to, to remember I, that. I know we got to get the, to the last series, but I heard this um, preacher talking the other day, and he's got one of the fastest growing churches in the nation. And I guess somebody in the church had criticized him because they didn't have any crosses in the church. Um, and how many are thankful for the cross? Like, I, I'm thankful for the cross. You know, without the cross, we can't know Jesus. But, but I guess they kind of got on to him because, you know, there's no cross in this church. And, and his answer back was, well, he's not on the cross. You know, he rose in victory. You know, and so I thought, you know, we can get so caught up in tradition that we make the word of God of no effect. That's the words of Jesus that we get so caught up in, in uh, the way we've always done something. Yeah. Um, I remember Pastor Jay coming to me one day, and he had said, PK, this is what they asked me. And it was a very similar question. Yeah. They wanted to know, like, why we didn't have any of those things or whatever. And he kind of gave the, the, you know, a similar answer. And he was like, is that okay? I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Like, we're not living in that moment where, you know, he's still on there. We believe he got up, you know. And so it's something that we honor, but it's not something that we have to, like, you know, just – that, that's the end. You know, right. that's the, that's the, the, there's so much more word after that. Yes, so good. Um, the last series we've done this year so far was Prison Break. How many of y'all enjoyed Prison Break? Man, I, I had a lot of fun teaching and preaching um, this series. The key uh, text was from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 12, and 13. It says, uh, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. We just wrapped this one up. What, what did you take away from prison break? 
Well, you know, uh, obviously the, the last series that we've done is always the one that kind of everybody is still kind of talking about. But I love this series because it seemed to create a lot of conversation. And it seemed like there were a lot of, like, you know, people making uh, uh, I move with it, you know, I, I, I made a post or something on the last one about, you know, if you're working on one of these three steps, and so many people, so many people don't engage with social media, and that's what I have to do every week, and so I'm like, I, I put this content up, and nobody ever comments, nobody ever likes, and I'm like, it's just, like, a few people will share it, and you're like, is there any point in me doing this every day, it's just like, you, it's, but, but I, that's, that's how we reshare information to you guys, but there was so much engagement on that yeah. specific post, and I love that, and I told PC when we were sitting down to talk about what we would, you know, kind of my takeaway from this series is I think it came at the perfect time of the year uh, when really we could have talked about this specific topic, you know, anytime, anytime during the year. It's always relevant. We all have temptation. We all do. And again, it's not a sin to be tempted. But what I loved about it is in June, when we were kind of going through this topic, it's a really good time to talk about this because, you know, in the beginning of the year, we can get a little prideful. Like, we're, we're like, I got it. I got control of my eating, you know, like because you know for the first three days everybody's dieting, you know, they're eating salad, they're juicing, you know, they're exercising, they ain't quit yet, you know, so like you know, but by June most people have given all that up, and so they're they're very like aware they have found the ice of their temptation. Yeah, right. they're like I have a weakness, and it is the the elliptical or it's whatever right. the ice cream one. Like I'm not doing what I need to do. So we're we were so I think in this season in June yeah, we kind of came through all this different stuff, but we're really honest and reflective about where we're living, yeah. what our struggles are, because we're very hopeful, I think, in the beginning of the year, and it's not a bad thing to be hopeful, and it's a good thing to set goals in place, it's a good thing to have, you know, order and, and do those different things, but I think by June, most of us realize that, that the wheels have fallen off a long time ago, and 30 pounds have fallen on again, you know. Y'all can smile. It's okay. That's not everybody's weakness, but it's a lot of our weaknesses, you know. And um, so I think it was. It fell at a good time to really be honest and reflect about where we are. Yeah. What our struggles are, and I felt like it was a, 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 a sermon series that everyone identified with, even in the current season. Because, like I said, sometimes yeah. we can be going through something, um, and the series really is applicable. Sometimes we go through a series, and we're like, "Well, I don't need that. You know, it's not for me." And then we don't realize that we need it for three months down the road when that crisis hits or whatever, and that word's going to be so valuable to us. But in this one, I feel like everybody could take away right now. This is my temptation. Right. I think it was um, also. The timing was really, really cool, uh, being mid-year that we talked about temptation. And, you know, my takeaway was what we feed grows and what we starve dies. You know, at the end of the day, Paul said, if we will walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many of you have found that sometimes it's challenging to walk in the Spirit? Right? Like, it's challenging. In the culture we live in, it's a challenge to walk in the Spirit. Um, but those three practical steps we talked about last week, where we talked about you know our prayer life when it comes to temptation, we talked about the word when it comes to temptation, and then the last thing was the people. Let me just do a quick survey. How many of you felt like coming out of that last message that what you needed to work on was your prayer life? Because I asked everybody to do one thing. How many felt like it was their prayer life? Let me see hands. All right, lots of hands. How many of you felt like it's the word? Like I'm just not in the word enough? Raise your hands. All right. That's about the same on both of those. How many of you felt like it's the people? I need like some new people around me. 
All right, some honesty there. So we're all working on different things to try to grow in our relationship with God, to try to overcome whatever it is we struggle with. Um, And I want to encourage you in that. Continue in prayer. Continue in the Word of God. Continue to develop the right kind of relationships. Um, And that'll help you. Absolutely. Um, we were talking um, last week about which one we, we were individually working on, and I had, uh, you know, opened up to PC, and I said, you know, I really feel like, you know, the very first part of the year, you know, um, my prayer life was just on fire. Right. You know, um, I was believing for huge things, talking to God, you know, consistently throughout the day. You know, you're kind of living and walking in prayer, and in a way that I had never, you know, probably done in my whole life. But I'll be honest with you, and again, I, I, I've a lot of these series and, and these situations are reflective of, of what we've walked out. I found myself after March, like, just not talking to him as much. Right. And it's not really like that I was mad or, you know, disappointed or anything. like. Because I, I still believe everything that I believed before, you know, since, right. since all that's happened and I didn't see a healing in one situation. I've been healed personally. Um, I, I remember coming into the healing service. And it was so funny. I mean, if you really think about it, we're hosting this healing service and I'm literally like chugging Pepto before I walk in to, you know, the healing ministry that we're hosting, you know, with all these great, you know, everybody coming with great, and I'm literally like in my office, like chugging it because my stomach was a disaster and it had been a disaster for weeks. Like I, you know, day after day after day for several weeks. And so I was, you know, just literally holding splinting pain in my stomach as I sat there and wrote notes going into the services and stuff like that. And again, you don't, you don't maybe know what somebody's going through while they're there, but you know, stress, anxiety, a lot of things happened in our life. You know, at this first half of the year, things that we have to handle from our work standpoint, from the pastor standpoint, and then you know, just being human. Um, and so I just was, you know, my son was just a disaster. And so I'm sitting there at a healing service, you know, chugging the Pepto, you know, like oh, let's pray for everybody else, and like not even sure, like I believe that I could be healed, and uh, and I was, I was healed during the services, and so. Um, immediately, you know, was the pain was gone and everything like that. And, and so that's a miracle. I still believe the same things that I, you know, that I, that I believed in January, February, and March, but I was telling PC, I just, I hadn't been talking to God as much, especially throughout the day. Like it was kind of like, you know, I was uh, having a little bit of prayer time and then, you know, I just wasn't taking him with me through my whole day. And so that's what I had to work on yeah. the most. And I think sometimes when you hit tragedy, when you hit a circumstance, you know, it, it, kind of like what we were talking about before with our voice, you know, it's the thing that can, you know, can shut down the fastest. Keep your communication with God open. Right. Even if you're just sitting in his presence yeah. and just saying, you know, just, you, you can talk, God. I don't have anything to say, but you can talk. You'll be amazed at what can occur in your prayer time when you don't say a single word. Right. And so I encourage you, if you're not a big talker, you're like, I don't have as many words as you, PK. You know, most people don't. <laughs> Unless you're Everly and she runs circles around me. I don't know what her word quota is, but it is large, 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 exceptionally large. But maybe you're not a talker, and maybe you're, but you can still have conversation with God and allow Him to speak to you. But don't negate that time of conversation, that prayer time. So that good. was for me. Yeah. Um, that's what I had gotten to. Was that I just 
just wasn't having this deep. And so I wanted to, you know, focus on it, still focusing on that. Obviously, we just wrapped that series up, and that's the thing that kind of just, I, I had to have a moment of reflection where I really just said, you know, my prayer life is not where it was three months ago. And so I need, it's, that's how quickly things can shift in your life. Right. I pastor a church, and I have to work on my prayer life. So if you have to work on your reading life in the Word, if you have to work on your prayer life, if you have to fix your relationships, please don't think there's anything wrong right. with you. You know, it's okay to say, I need to pray more. Help me, God. I need to read my Bible more. I need to fall more in love with the Word. But if we're not honest about it, we'll live in defeat and act like there's nothing we can do about it when we had three steps that will help us right. overcome some of those things. You know, and, and that's what I took away from it. That yeah. was my big takeaway. It's awesome. Um, mine, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up, mine was relationships. Um, you know, as a pastor, a lot of the relationships that, that I'm engaged in and, and my interactions with people, all, almost all of them, I have to pull people up in all of them. And, and you know, for me to find people in, in, in this culture or, um, you know, as a pastor that pull me up, it's really hard to find. And so, you know, I, I want to get connected. So in your prayer time, if you pray, hey, God, could you help PC out, connect him with some people that pull him up? Because uh, there are times I need pulled up, you know. Um, so that, that me being vulnerable for a minute. But you just need some people in your life, you know, that can speak into, into you. And you, they don't need anything from you. You know, that, that's what I, I think I'm trying to, to communicate is uh, a lot of my relationships and conversations, people need something from me. They need wisdom or advice or prayer or help me with this or can you help my family do this or can you all try this? And it's like everything pulls, pulls, pulls. And if everybody is always pulling and nobody's ever putting anything in, you got to have some people that put some things in you. Yeah, I think so find those people. not just as pastors, but I think there are people that are that are positioned in um, their their personality and their way of thinking, where they become people where everyone dumps everything on them. Right. Anybody feel like you're that person? You're the friend who gets all the you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of us can like. Be mindful of your relationships because if you're the person that's taking that all in, it gets heavy. It does. You have to also have a place where you're not that for somebody, that right. you can vent a little bit, that you can talk about your stuff a little bit, and that, and like they listen. Because most of us that are like the ones where everybody dumps, a lot of our friends don't listen. You know, they're just, they just say all that's going on in their life. And right. then, and then they move on to the next thing in their day, and they don't really ask you about yourself. And I'm not sure that it's always intentionally mean, you know, I think that's how they're hardwired, and I think sometimes we're hardwired to listen, to be empathetic, to, to, to take things in, certain personalities, and, but if you don't have that shift, if you don't have that other side of the spectrum, some relationships that are the opposite of that, don't just be a dumping ground, Right. because if not, you'll find yourself standing in a wasteland and defeated, like, holding all this other heavy stuff. And sometimes we're, we're in that situation where we're holding all these, like people walk and they hand, they you, hand you a, a bomb. bomb. And, like, and they're like, you know. here, I don't want to hold this anymore. Here, and you're you like, take it. I don't want to hold your bomb yeah. either. You know, man, this is a lot. This is a disaster. Like, how did, like, you want to say, like, how did you create this mess? And like, but what yeah. they need in that moment is someone who will say, there is hope. Hand it to me. I'll help you hold it. You know, and, and so that's what we do as pastors. We don't ever say, oh, my God, what are we going to do? 
You know, we don't get to say that. You know, right. we have to have a plan. We have to have a correct, you know, like a, a, a scripture that's going to offer, you know, relevant help in that situation. And we do that. But th- you need to know that you have to, if you're that person and you, and you can't even sometimes, as friends, I don't think sometimes people even want you to give them scripture back. Right. They're like, a lot of times they'll shut down their bomb dropping on you if you just start quoting scripture back at them because then they, that gives them a next step to do with the bomb on how to detonate it and they don't, or how to like, you know, take it apart. I don't know. I don't know bomb talk. Um, I need to look that up next time before bomb I start talking talk. about bombs. But if you're going to like, you know, not detonate it, what's the opposite when you turn it off? Like, I'm trying to think of some of those spy. Disarm, yeah. Disarm. You need we got to have smart people in this so congregation. So thankful. Y'all should be we up really here on do. this couch. I don't know why I'm up here. Um, but, you know, you need to give them some things to disarm instead of just letting them hand you the bomb. You just say, no, 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 Here, here's your bomb back. And here's the word. And here's the instructions on how that you disarm it. And so then they have the ability to do it if they want to. But if you do that enough, people will stop handing you bombs over and over because they'll realize, like, Okay, I have I have an action step I need to walk out, and so that may help you a little yeah. bit. And I've always found that if you tell people that they need to fast, they will not they come back to you anymore. for advice. <laughs> they, they never come back. Tell them pray and fast; they'll never say, be back. You know what I think we need to do in this situation? I think you should fast. And then like that is not the instruction that they wanted. So no. I mean, if you got a friend, I'm not saying, but you know. It works. It works. Sometimes they don't bring their bomb to you anymore. They may be taking it to somebody else. But the reality is sometimes we do need to fast and get an answer so we don't keep looking at this bomb that's getting ready to go off every day of our life for 32 years. Like, your life doesn't have to be a war zone, you know? Find a way to disarm the bomb. You know, find some scripture that helps you because God gave us instruction. He didn't just leave us down here wondering, like, what should we do, God? I'm just going to hold it till it explodes or till you magically show up and right. take it from me. You know, that's really not. He, he gave us authority. He did. And sometimes that authority is that we need to use the word of God to, to disarm the enemy's attempt to destroy our life, right. to blow up our world, to blow up our marriage, to blow up the lives of our kids, to blow up our workforce, like, to blow up, you know, whatever, like, the T-ball team. I mean, goodness gracious, sports can get violent, you know? Like, sometimes we need to have a scripture that reminds us how we should be acting in front of children, you know? And myself included, I like to win, you know? And so, you know, you, you got to know that sometimes you, you, the Word of God gives you instructions on how to walk day-to-day life out, yeah. and everything doesn't have to be, you know, explosive, you know, landmines. Awesome. Yeah. Did you guys get something out of this? Amen. I hope so. We got to wrap this up. We do. You know, I think what's so important about this, and we, and it's, it's what we want to do so well this year. You know, we have a real intentional focus on it, and we're, um, we're, we're creating some different plans and patterns for it. You know, COVID taught us a lot of things, but it also taught us how, how immature in our walk of discipleship many of us are. And I say us because there's a level in all of us that needs to mature. There's an area of our discipleship that needs to mature. So that's not me flinging, you know. But when when this happened, I remember sitting at home and being so afraid, not of of a disease or a pandemic or or any of that junk. Uh, And again, if that was your struggle, that was your struggle. That's okay. I'm I'm just saying that's just not what mine was. Mine was sitting there and thinking, if I never get to meet with them again, did I give them enough word to 
get them where they need to be to walk this out, if we can never gather again, do they have enough of the word in them? Do we, you know, we, we've, we've preached all these sermons, all these messages. We've, you know, sometimes re, redone it, you know, in certain topics over and over and over again. But did they really take it in? Did I say enough of the right things to get them everything they need if we can never gather again? Because at that point we weren't gathering. And I just remember thinking, like, if I don't, what, what do they know? And so our discipleship process, we've, we're, we're changing it because, not because we're just like, you know, wanting to make it, you know, more intense or, you know, more steps to go through or another program that we need to staff or whatever. It's because I want to make sure, you want to make sure that we are walking through this process and that it's clear. And so when we get called to the ER because somebody has committed suicide, because that's the cause that can come in at our house, we want to know that somebody didn't just get dropped through the cracks, that nobody's talked to them in months, and, and we should have known that they had, you know, relapsed or that they were going through this depression or whatever it might have been. Like, we want to know where people are. Right. And so we'll probably get on your nerves a little bit. If this is one of those churches where you're like, oh, it's big and I can hide here, it's going to get a lot harder to hide. There's going to be accountability, and not in a bad way, but because I want to know if you're struggling. Yeah. If you suddenly aren't coming, serving, you know, and you're even if you're just mad at me, like just tell me that, you know. If you're if you want to go to another church, go to another church. That's, but don't leave your relationship. Don't right. I don't want to get the phone call. You don't want to walk into a room and us not know that we that we had done everything possible to, to get you the tools in your tool belt to to walk this discipleship process out. Well, and so looking at our series, our series are more important to us now. And I'm not going to get into a rush just because I know it's one service and people have things. This word that we have preached from January to June, it was our very best to give you tools. It wasn't just we just randomly came up with it and we didn't think it through. The hours that go into creating content for him to write the messages, for him to give that to us, to the song selections that go along with the message to create this environment, to the screens that are correct that are created to make the scripture pop to you. Like, if you don't realize how much we care about you having the word of God in your life and in your heart, I want you to know it is the only thing that is our focus. It's our biggest, it, it is the, the thing on Sundays that we want, we want people to be saved. We want people to come into a relationship with Jesus. Right. But there's a lot of people that come to our church every Sunday, and they're saved, and they need the Word of God. They need to walk out a discipleship process so that they're not living defeated and, and just bored with Christianity. And so our discipleship process is important to us. It's something that we're, you know, we're, we're working towards. And it's not because we just needed another program. Right. 
It's because the Word of God is living and breathing. Yes. And it's the one thing that can help you when you can't get a hold of me. I want you to be able to get into that Word. If you can't get Him in a meeting, if you can't get Him on the phone, I, I want you to be able to get into the Word. If the power goes out and the world ends and you're still here, I want you to know there is Word. And I'm going to go back to that Word. I'm going to have hope. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to believe because I just want, I, I can't imagine standing before God yeah. and him asking me about any of this and me doing that any different, I have to know that we've done our very best. And so sometimes the content that we share, you know, you may be like, oh, I don't know why they talk about that or that's not a struggle for me or that's, we, I don't know why they're bringing that up again. Because he's told us it's important for us to communicate, right. the word of God, there's nothing in it that we couldn't preach. There's nothing in it that's bad for you. Right. You know, open it up any day of the week to any page you want and take it in. But know that the content that we're bringing forth, it's to build you up. Yeah. We don't want you in, in, in battle without the right tools, without the right process. Am I saying this well? Really well. I couldn't say it any better. So. We love you. And we love being pastors. And I'll be honest, this has not been an easy gig for the last couple years. But we love what we do. There is no way we would still be doing this if we didn't love what we do and we didn't know that we were called to do it. Right. I can't tell you the number of pastors that have quit, churches have shut down in the last couple of years, the attacks that have came against us. But there is nothing else we could do and be happy. Because we know we're supposed to be doing this, and you matter to us. And I want you to know your family matters to us. If your kids are doing well, if your home life is, is a mess, or if it's doing, it matters to us. We want to give you content that helps in whatever life struggle you're going through. And so I, I, I hope you know that we didn't just take a look back today right. because we needed to fill a Sunday. Chad didn't have anything to preach this week. We just wanted to barbecue. He wasn't even supposed to be on the stage today. But we felt it was important to, to take the content that we had prepared and that we had presented and, and look back at it because I don't know what you're going to face in July. Sometimes it's not what we think we're going to face. Yeah. You know? It's not what we're, you know, we're preparing ourselves that we're going to face, but sometimes the, the word is being presented to us because we need to hide it in our heart to help us in something that we're going to come up against later on in the year. Yeah. And um, order matters. Some of the things that I was capable of pulling off between March and May, if there hadn't been order in my steps early in the year, None of that would have happened. None of that would have been walked out because all I wanted to do was lay in the bed and cry. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you're going through something that has you just completely incapable of, 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 of going through something. Or maybe right now you feel really strong. While you're really strong, put things in order. Right. Because we're always, what do you say? You're either coming in, what, how, what's that? Yeah. How you're do you either say that? in a storm, getting ready to go into a storm, or coming out of a storm. Right. Or, or the, you could replace the word storm with crisis. Yeah. And so we know that something is going to come up in our life. 
I don't know that maybe you're not in a crisis right now and you need prayer. We're going to open up um, our, our, should we stand? We should stand. You all stand with us. Stand. They're going to move some of this. But maybe you're in a crisis right now. Maybe you need someone to believe with you. Maybe you, you, you want to just lay in the bed. Maybe you're at home because you could not get up today and, and get here because whatever it is seems overwhelming. Yeah. Or maybe you're here. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you're in a healthy place and you can't really like fathom the storm that's coming. Neither, either way, whatever it is, wherever you're at in that, know from somebody who just came through a storm it's good to be prepared. Yeah. It's good to hide the word in your heart. It's good to have prayer partners, relationships, conversations with God. It's important to have all those things when you go through a storm. So don't put off meeting new people. Part of the reason we gather together all as one family is so that you can get to know new people. Yeah. You may have more in common with each other than you even know. Sometimes I think, I was, I was thinking about this week, you ever been unfriended by somebody? Okay, I was unfriended by somebody this week and found out about it. And it was like, and they, it, it's all because someone had convinced them of something that isn't even true. And, so, and what I was thinking about with that is sometimes the people who have the answers to your problems, you've already discounted as they can't possibly be the source that God would use or send into my life. Right. I don't like them. I don't like their personality. You have no idea. Stop kicking the gift horse in the mouth. Right. Quit deciding that person at work is, you know, just, you know, no, nobody you want to have anything to do with. Maybe they, don't, maybe they don't look anything like you, but maybe they are the one that would have the answers or the empathy that you need in this season of life. So just be reminded, like, those friendships matter. Seek them out. You may not know someone today, but you may be leading a small group with them in a couple months, and it yeah. may be the greatest small group for another five or six people that they've ever had. We don't know the source that we're going to be sometimes for people, but as we go into our prayer time, I'm not good at these transitions. I'm going to let you do it, but I want you to know we want the Word of God to be alive, not only just in this house, not just in us, that does you no good when you're sitting in an ER, when you're sitting at home and, 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 your, and your marriage is, that does us no good. You can call us, but I want you to have word in you to lean into. I want you to be able to go back to that Bible and it be highlighted for there to be sermon notes in there. I, I even told PC this week, you know, we have an app where we take notes and then I like, you know, you can email them to yourself. I used to do that all the time because I used to lead a group based upon the, the series that we were on. I don't even email them to myself anymore. And so I take notes that are deleted the next week. It's the stupidest thing that I could do any time of my week. So if you also are doing that, <laughs> please stop. Yeah. Get a notebook or, or print them out to you. Like send them, actually email them to yourself and print them out. Because sometimes the word that we need for the next season, we got it. We just let the system delete it before we could actually use it. That's the enemy. Yeah. Get a journal, a place where you can write things down, where you can write answered prayers. So that when you're going through something, you think, I don't know how God's going to do this. You can say, but he did it on this date. And he did it in 1982, and he did it in 2003, and yeah. he did it in 2019, and he did it last month. 
It's so important to remember the Word of God and to hide it in our hearts. The content that we shared with you guys today is a look back. If you haven't heard any of those messages, go back. They're on for a year, you know, on our, on our devices, all the website and app and podcasts and stuff like that. But don't just, don't let your word come through some random Facebook feed that you watched two minutes of a clip and you didn't even hear the whole sermon of ours or Furtick or whoever it might be. Listen to the word of God. Look at, listen to the full message. Take notes. Right. Mark it up in your Bible. Stick the notes in there so when you need it, you'll have it. Because this pastor is, never wants you to be unprepared. Yeah. We want you to have all the tools that you need. And as we transition, I'm going to let you handle yeah. this aspect. Um, the Holy Spirit's here, and I believe that God is going to move in these altars. I'm going to ask the prayer team to go ahead and transition and get in place. We're going to open up the altars for any kind of prayer that you might need this morning. I was telling the prayer team this morning that I responded to an altar call one time. As a, as a follower of Jesus, I came to an altar, and they laid hands on me, and I can't really describe what happened in that moment, but I know that after that prayer, I knew I was called to preach the gospel. A lot of great things can happen during this prayer time. Before we pray for people, though, I want to speak to the people that are in this room, and you would say, Pastor, I'm not in relationship with God. I'm not saved. Um, you know, maybe you were at one time, but you, you've walked away from that walk with God. I want to give you an opportunity right now um, to, to come to faith in Christ. Jesus loves you. He died for you. So if you're in this place, this may be your first time here. But I want to encourage you, if you feel like, you know what, this, I feel the presence of God. I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are? Anyone at all, you'd say, that, that is me. I, I need Jesus. Thank you for these hands back here. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. That's me. Anyone else? There's a hand back here. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Before we pray, you want to lead them into salvation prayer or you want me to do that? I want every voice lifted. We're going to pray this out loud together. Everybody say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for every sin. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a big God bless you today. Amen. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. All of heaven is celebrating right now. So let's raise our voices yes. a little bit higher. This is a celebration. If I could set off fireworks right now just for you, I would. Greatest decision you can ever make. Absolutely. If you made that decision to follow Christ, there's a connect card in the seat back in front of you. During this last song, if you would take a minute, write your name down. Let us know you made a decision for Christ. 
We have a team of people that are at the salvation table. It's the back of the room, my left, your right. They want to put a brand new Bible in your hand. They also want to help you take your next step. So don't miss out on this opportunity during the last song to go get your gift. Can we give Jesus one more praise as the worship team comes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.